If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Being a superhero runs in Anessa Pierce's family. It's been part of her life in one way or another since her father, Jefferson Pierce, first started to fight crime as Black Lightning. Despite what her parents tell her, despite what the world tells her, Anessa knows that she has the same calling as her father. But as Anessa takes on the mantle of thunder, she must grapple with a very different world than the one that her father first patrolled. Oh, it's 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time on a Thursday night, and that means... Oh, we're doing Dueling Review live for all of the cool people hanging out in the Dueling Review Discord server. It's part of your Patreon, and so we've got a bunch of really cool people hanging out uh, this week. It looks like Anth is there. Matt speaks words all the way from across the pond. Olin is there. I don't know where. I don't remember where Olin is from. Uh, uh, and and a whole bunch of other really cool people. Pennsylvania. Is where he Olin may is. be. That may be where he's from. But uh, he's taking the time out of his busy days, about ready to go to work. He takes a little bit of time to have us sit down. And review a comic book that he probably voted for this week uh, for Dueling Review. And so I'm really happy to see so many people come and hang out with us. And for those who, who are listening uh, now in your in your podcast feed, I hope you say, man, I need to connect my, my Patreon account to my Discord account and come in and hang out with these guys. We were talking about Olympics and we were talking about uh, um, uh, Parasite and uh, what's the other movie? We were talking about uh, Army of Thieves and some other stuff oh. that are coming out. So come hang out with us. Uh, on a Thursday night. But uh, today, Matthew, we're talking about the other history of the DC Universe number five, which I think it's I think this is the final one in the series. Maybe I don't remember, but it feels like a really good bookend to the other history of the DC Universe number one that focused on Jefferson Pierce, uh, Black Lightning. So if we look at these as kind of bookending the series, uh, we have one that kind of gives Jefferson Pierce's view on the world. And then we get uh, Anessa's um, uh, view of the world and how the two views really contradict one another to an extent. Yes, definitely. And I really kind of love that because how many times have you gone through and said, mom, do you remember when this terrible thing happened and had your mom go, no, that never happened. Um, I, I really, really appreciate it. The one complaint, and this is something that, you know, I kind of felt when I first opened this book, all of the other history books have been, about characters who were, you know, in their time period. So we saw Black Lightning in 1977. Yeah, in the 70s. Yeah. We saw, yeah, we saw Kitana uh, in 1982. You know, we saw Mal and Bumblebee in 1968. But this one inserts the continuity because remember, Thunder did not exist before about 2003. Right. She is a, she's a retcon into Black Lightning's backstory. But this takes that retcon and plays it completely straight. And for some reason, my my nerd brain just kind of went, hmm. But that doesn't well, make it any awesome. Uh, so let me just say this. I enjoyed the story. I have a lot of problems with the story. So what was what was the part of your nerd brain that made you go, hmm? 
Well, Thunder as a character is not as old as this story seems to play. So we have her starting in about 1981, according to the the frontispiece. Right. And Thunder the character was actually created 20 years after that. And all of her backstory was retconned in. So, you know, starting this story that early... And then coming forward through time when the character didn't actually exist. Just kind no, of like, wasn't, uh, if I remember, maybe I'm misremembering, but I could have swore in the first issue of this series when Jefferson Pierce is talking about coming to Metropolis that he and his wife and the girls were both with them at the time. Yes, that is right. Yeah, so that's that's part of the retcon. So as yeah. far as all of a sudden you, we get to issue five and then they're trying to retcon, you know, Thunder's history with the first uh, book in the volume. I think they, they carry that correctly, but I agree with you uh, when they did that black lightning reboot um, with 52, I think is what it was or the new 52, or maybe it was one year later. I forget when they, they kind of rebooted uh, the black lightning. That's when they also kind of retold that story of him coming to the city with his kids. And then of course we've had the TV series since um, the other history of the DC universe launched uh, the black lightning series. And so we've got a lot of that mixed in uh, as well. Yes. And Thunder first appeared uh, whole cloth in Judd Winnick's Outsiders in like 2003. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. I love the character of Thunder. I think that she's kind of cool. I just feel like having him not acknowledge his children for many years feels out of character for Black Lightning. Well, and it feels like Black Lightning basically abandoned his family. And he that did. makes for interesting stories. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like a very Black Lightning thing to do. Well, and that's why I think I like having these uh, kind of bookend in our dueling review, because we talked about, oh, look at all the struggles that Jefferson Pierce had to go through. And then we see, in this case, the flip side of the coin where Thunder is like, yeah, but dad was kind of a dick. You know, he he was never there a lot of the times because he was out superheroing and we didn't even know what he was doing. Um, You know, even though he and mom uh, care for one another, they 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 never stayed married and we kind of got caught in between. And then my dad turned into a super dick. When my powers came out and I wanted to be a hero and he tried to, uh, change agreements, lie, threaten, basically whatever he could to keep me from being a a hero, which, and, and so I'm, I'll have to qualify this statement here in a moment, but I kind of wish that that was the primary focus of, of the book was her coming into her own. Mm-hmm. I understand that thunder is a person of the LGBTQA uh, plus community. And that's totally fine. But up until about the last quarter of the book, the story kept vacillating between me and my family issues and me as a queer uh, character in in, as a superhero. And it really wasn't nailing in my opinion, in the first three quarters of the book, which, which angle, uh, John Ridley was trying to take with telling Thunder's story. And so it was very, I can understand saying, oh, this is what happened. This is what happened during this time period. And this is what happened with gay in the military. And here's what happened when, you know, they put in these exclusionary acts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I can understand that stuff as history, but in my mind, it really wasn't solidifying what was going on until the last quarter of the book, at least with Jefferson Pierce in, in his story, it was, you know, black people are being put down by the man. And that's why I do what I do right. here. It, it's very, it, it, the, the threads go off in multiple directions and I kind of wish they would have brought, 
I kind of wish they would have brought that together a little tighter, a little sooner. Yeah, it's it's much more complex. And I think part of that is because, you know, as a character, Thunder has less history to work with. Mm-hmm. And it's recent enough that you haven't had the, you know, I, I always say a character who's around long enough has to be very elastic. You have to be able to be both, you know, high school geeky Spider-Man and college uh, love God Spider-Man and then, you know, high school yeah. teacher Spider-Man. And Thunder hasn't had to do that. So Thunder is a character who's basically her concept has not changed in the 20 years she's been around. And you can't count all of them because she hasn't actually appeared. in like right. the last 10. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I like the exploration of what does it mean to be a gay character who is closeted in right. the DC universe. And my father is anti anti gay. Um, I think that's a fantastic story to tell. And if that had been the main focus of this, that would have been fantastic just by itself. Had the focus just been my dad comes off uh, to everyone else as this really great guy, but I know him another way. If that had just been the story by itself, that would have been great. Together, the two of them do work really well because the focus still is on Jefferson Pierce isn't the hero that everyone thinks he is. Um, But because we've got these two stories that are kind of dancing around each other the entire time, um, it became kind of frustrating to me. The other thing that was super frustrating is... Uh, Thunder's inability to recognize her own problems. And it became mm-hmm. really clear when she says, I was invited to be a part of the outsiders. And of course I joined, but um, at some point she's talking about how all the members of the, uh, of the outsiders were all people with daddy issues. You know, you've got Nightwing who's got, you know, daddy issues with Batman. You've got Roy who's just trying to prove something to everyone else and hump everything that, that moves all these people with their father issues. And not once does she ever say, I feel, you know, I understand where these guys are coming from because this whole thing is, uh, is about her and her issues with her father that she doesn't really recognize that she has a lot of the same problems that she and Dick do or that she and Roy Harper do. And so it's just at that same time, kind of like, oh yeah, you're, you're willing to point out other people's problems, but you don't look at the mirror and say, oh, duh, I should be seeing these, these same patterns of, of habit in myself with them. And, and so that was also, uh, somewhat interesting in the writing is that because this is a reflection, even if there had been a sentence or two that had said, uh, I would soon discover that I was much like them or upon reflection, I, I should have realized I was more like these other members than I realized or something like that, just to make her a little bit more self-aware until you get to that final section where she, she and uh, lightning both have it out with, with her, with her dad. Mm-hmm. And I, I get that, but I also really enjoy that. I feel like that's a very realistic plot point to have someone pointing out in others what is essentially their own weakness. I feel yeah. like that, that could be, Oh no, that is something that a lot them, of people have. Yeah. A lot of people, I'm going to give that, the, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt that that, that could be the point here. Yeah. You know, is that she is a young character. She's a headstrong character. We see her make stupid headstrong decisions. And I really kind of appreciate that. And when you point that out, I'm like, yeah, that's even neater. Yeah. And then of course, you know, Dr. Fate shows up and they hang out on the moon or something. Uh, they hang out in a void space and ha- and have it out. And, sure. But the thing is, it's just, I, I don't know. I, again, I really enjoyed the story. I, I was frustrated with parts of the story. Um, the elements of this story are, or at least the art side of the story are a little bit, again, it's been months 
since I've read the first issue and I should have gone back right. and, and flipped through the art. My recollection of the previous art was more, uh, I know they had some stuff that was not from a picture book or not from, you know, Jefferson Pierce's, uh, notes or those kinds of things. This one felt like it was drawing more from, you know, memory recollections as opposed to, well, here's a picture of this in the scrapbook or that kind of stuff. Uh, and so I thought that that was a little bit different too, and also kind of speaks into the question of, um, reliability of the narrator right well and this book and that book do have this have some very similar aspects in that many times the art is literally representing mm -hmm. what we saw on the page mm -hmm. if you go to that first appearance of her in her blonde wig running at yeah. the camera yeah that's actually one of the first appearances of thunder mm. and if you go back and you look at the three or four pictures of black lightning in the scrapbook two of them are covers of the black lightning comic from 77 yeah so you know much as with that this book is representing bits and pieces of story yeah so i wonder hmm, i wonder if then if i i'm starting to maybe side a little bit more with you on the hmm aspect of it because with the first issue and again i haven't read the other ones um mm -hmm. only just because of my own stupidity for not picking up the issues i mean they are eight dollars a piece or i'm sorry yeah uh, eight dollars a piece uh, I think mm -hmm. part of my um, recollection and appreciation of the first one was let's recreate these scenes from all of the Black Lightning appearances that you're familiar with and then putting Black Lightning's perspective on these, uh, like when he's standing down Superman mm -hmm. and, and talking to him about why aren't you down here helping the people in suicide slums and that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas this one, again, like you said, because we have to make up a lot more of the history of this character, we don't have a lot of those iconic imagery moments to fall back on mm -hmm. and if that's also causing maybe some of the in my opinion the questioning the validity of the narrator well i mean all of the moments here as presented did happen in the comics i mm -hmm. mean everything that we see the battle with shimmer uh the injuries that she has the thing with dr fate in justice society the way her relationship unfolds with grace that all happens in the comics okay. i just feel like the <laughs> When we read that first issue, Ridley was tying together a kind of a bigger narrative. So there was mm -hmm. more to work with. Mm -hmm. It's like that, you know, back when I used to do the dueling reviews, the really short ones were as frustrating as the really long ones. There was kind of a sweet spot in the middle of, you know, your shrinking violets and your sun boys. But the short ones are harder to do because you don't have as much material to work with. You know, if you're making a quilt out of something, and you don't have enough material, you have a problem. If you have too much material, you have a problem. If you, if you have it just right, then you can be Goldilocks and then, you know, send Black Lightning to prison for some reason. I don't know why. No, because I can I can see where you're coming. I, I can see where you're coming from on all on all of this. Um, I, again, I, I don't want people to get me wrong that uh, I didn't care for this issue because I really did. There were just times right. where I was like frustrated. And I wonder if it, it's because we've only got uh, what a... Uh, 10, 15 year history with this character as opposed to a 60 year history with the other characters. I think with Thunder, it's closer to eight, 2003 to oh, really? new okay. 52. Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen her since the new 52, uh, except in this issue. I so. wonder too. And again, so in the previous ones, we had Black Lightning, we had mm -hmm. um, Katana. Katana, we had, we had Hornblower, well, Mal. Malcolm yeah, Mal and Bumblebee. And Bumblebee. And then, and then we, we had Renee Montoya, Renee Montoya. And now we have, now we have thunder. 
And this is the final issue. Yeah, it is five of five. Um, hmm. I, I like this as a bookend. I really do because it, it does mm-hmm. point a picture, especially when, it, when you're looking at, you know, what do members of the LGBTQA community who are not out, what are the struggles that they have to go through? How do they reconcile, you know, their parents who they may look up to, who also may be homophobic, uh, or in the right. case of black lightning, uh, definitely comes out as homophobic. Um, I, I guess I kind of like that. Those, these two issues back to back. I'm wondering if when you look at this, if you were to look at this and say, wow, there's only five issues of this series. And does that in and of itself speak to the larger issue of representation in DC comics? Because you get to this and you say, oh, so they've only got those five characters that he could have (laughs) touched on. Why wasn't this a 12 issue maxi series or something like that? Is it, is it because DC lacks uh, representation and, and most of their characters are, are white, uh, cishet, uh, you know, uh, uh, heroes. And I think the answer, unfortunately is probably yes. Well, I mean, I could think of another seven. You can, you could easily come up with another seven, but I don't think that you would find a way to close this book as successful. I mean, if they, if they've gone 12 they're, issues, they're, this could still have been issue 12. Right. But these characters the characters that exist with the exception of probably cyborg mm-hmm. aren't going to be high profile cyborg. Maybe Batwoman, of course is a high profile yeah. LGBTQ character, but I mean, yeah, I feel like this could have been a much longer series, but also the way this one comes together is very outsider centric, very street level oh, yeah, hero, yeah. which also kind of ties I mean, in with some of the previous characters like Tana that we've seen them do yep. a, a bit on katanas and you know it all ties together with the outsiders through the teen titans i mean the only thing that doesn't really tie into that is the question and even she has that street level gotham city batman mm-hmm. tie into the outsiders so mm-hmm. i don't know i think they could probably do it again i'd like to see them do it again and i'd like to see you know cyborg in play i'd like to see other characters in play you have options for something like this but You've also got, I think Ridley is moving on to take over Black Panther, isn't he? Over at Marvel. I forget what his next, I forget what Tana his Hossi's next. Coates' run just his is, ended. His is, is done, yes. Yeah. His, yeah. his run on Black Panther and his run on Captain America have ended. And I want to say that Ridley is going to be picking up Black Panther. Yeah, it, it, that starts in August is, okay. is uh, his, his series. So if you want to read yep. more of, of John Ridley's stuff. Uh, of course, he was the screenwriter for 12 Years a Slave. Uh, mm-hmm. Then he, his Black Panther run begins in, I want to see if I can find the exact date. Uh, it's got an Alex Ross cover, I can tell you that, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to see. I don't, it just says John Ridley begins in August. So whenever that issue of Black Panther arrives, then you can, you can find it. Um, yeah, no. So again, perfect bookends. The writing is really well done. Uh, I think in this one, it was maybe a little bit more frustrating than the previous issue that I read. I think the art is fine. This is a deep book uh, because if you, if people who are listening, who have not picked up this series, if you remember, uh, this is basically blocks of text with single panel or in some cases, double page spreads of an event uh, of something. There's a lot of pros. There's a lot of pros in this book. And um, I will say at one point, and again, it's probably right before the final when she and Grace uh, got together. Uh, at that point, I was kind of like, man, how much longer is this 
book going, uh, mainly because I had an appointment to go to. Uh, but at the same time, I was like, wow, I've been reading this for 40 minutes now, and there's still a lot more to go. And and so if you're looking for a bang for your buck as far as reading goes, uh, this one's got it. Uh, Art-wise, if you're looking for just, you know, panel after panel after, you know, page of of uh, slam-bang action, you're not going to get that in this series, which I don't think is the point of right. this. Um, you're supposed to have these glimpses of vignettes of things that you remember from the comics and then saying, ah, yes, now let's get it from this character's perspective of them telling the story. And so that being said, the art in this is still really good. Uh, so I, I guess bottom line for me, Matthew is this is one that I recommend. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could read issues one and five without having to read anything in the middle. And I think you would have a really good, clear picture on the complexities of what it means to be Jefferson Pierce. I would agree. Um, I feel like part of the complexity here is also the fact that you're dealing with a metahuman who is black and also queer. So she is basically, you know, a minority of a minority. And if you take the superpowers into it, she's a minority of that second minority. Although that's kind of, it always feels a little bit silly for me to try and make that point, but you're dealing with a lot of stuff that you wouldn't necessarily see in just any random book. And so a lot of the baggage that comes with being, you know, with being an LGBTQ character, with being black lightning's daughter, with being a young black woman, all of that comes together in a very different way than that black lightning story Mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm sort of fine with that. I still think this is an excellent book. This is my least favorite of the five issues of this series, but I also feel like it's still a really, really good book. Yeah. I feel like if we were meatloaf slicing it, you'd be getting 80, 90% of the meatloaf. Oh yeah, definitely. This, this is really good. And I, and I have a feeling if I would go back and read the Renee Montoya and the Katana and the other, you should, the actually. other one, the I would probably, yeah, I guess. I, I, so this is a prestige book. Mm-hmm. John Ridley, very well known. I'm sure he has his pick of whatever project that he works on, but I'm sure that DC had to figure out a way to maybe give him a little bit more money for this work. I'm just a little disappointed that we're looking at a seven or $8 book here and that and there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of pages in here and it's an oversized, it's an oversized book. It's eight and a half by, isn't, by 11. Isn't um, it a 64 page book? Yeah. It's 64 pages. No, it says 48 pages here. 48. Okay. Um, but it just feels for the price just feels a little steep for me. Um, but still I, I highly recommend it. And if they collect this in a trade, I would recommend that everybody go out and, and get the yeah. trade. So that's, that's the bottom line for me. Overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, Matthew, the other history of the DC universe. Number five was the book that our listeners, our fans said that we needed to review this week. I was really surprised. It was like, you know how the week before it was like a four way tie. This one, it was Mm -hmm. just a tsunami of votes for, for this one. So tell people, uh, how did we get, how did we get here? Well, about 15 years ago, Stephen decided he was a glutton for punishment and came up with a website. <laughs> and that website has grown into a bigger thing. And now we have our very own Patreon page where awesome people can you know, throw a little something, something into the coffers to keep the shows going. And as a bonus, as something they get for being a patron, they can go to the website, patreon.com forward slash major spoilers. They can help Stephen gluttonously punish himself by choosing a book from a list, and it will say dueling review for August, I'm going to say the third. Fourth. Fourth. I'm thinking of the DC. 
Oh yeah. Dates. Well, if you're if you're doing that, yes. Yeah, the week of August the second. Sure. Let's confuse it even more. Go over to the website. Yeah. Look for the one that says dueling review for August 4th, 2021. <laughs> and you might be able to uh, pick from a long list of books, including from Boom Studios, Basilisk number three, Buffy the Vampire Slayer number 28, Magic the Gathering number five. A lot of people very excited about that one. Also, Seven Secrets number 11 arrives. I'm pretty sure they turn that into an ongoing. If not, you better jump on that series before it reaches its conclusion. Over at Dark Horse Comics, we have uh, Ginny Zero, number four, Gollum Walks Among Us, number one, and Worst Dudes, number three. That's not uh, guys made out of baloney. It's W-O-R-S-T, dudes, <laughs> number three. Dynamite Entertainment next week has a, has a reprint. You are so dumb. We're <laughs> guys made of baloney. <laughs> <laughs> or worst, yes. Uh, so Barbarilla number one gets a reprint with those $50 uh, variant Virgin covers. Elvira beats yep. Vincent Price number one. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, Vampirilla number 22 and Vengeance of Vampirilla number 20 arrives next week. IDW publishing shortlist next week. They have uh, Transformers number 33 and Transformers King Grimlock number one, which I think several people have already voted for in the uh, in the early, early voting. Image Comics Make has Grimlock read comics. Image Comics next week has Commanders in Crisis number 11, the penultimate issue there. Geiger number five, Skybound X number five, Stray Dogs number five gets a second printing. Uh, the first issue gets a fifth printing. And we also get Trover Saves the Universe number one. So there you go. That's the, uh, is that the Rick and Morty tie-in? I think that's the Rick and Morty thing. Or no, at least it's from Tro Justin Trover Roy. is the blue Muppet. Yeah, yeah. This There's is a monster a, at the end of his book. Yeah, no, that's Grover. Image Comics next week. What do we have next week? Oh, we have uh, Captain America by uh, Dan Jurgens gets an omnibus collection. Curse of the Man-Thing gets a trade paperback. Deadpool, Black, White, and Blood, number one, arrives. Extreme Carnage, Lasher, number one. Hellions, number 14. Guardians of the Galaxy, annual, number one. Silk, number five. Sinister War, number two. Uh, let's <laughs> see, what else do we have? Star Wars, Bounty Hunters, number 15, and X-Men, number two. In all the rest category, we have Blade Runner, 2090, or sorry, not 2099, 2029, number six. Engine Ward, number 11. Horizon Zero Dawn Liberation number one, which I could have swore came out this week. I'm pretty sure that book came out this week, but maybe Titan Comics, maybe that was it came out uh, this week over in the uh, UK. Maybe uh, Matt Speaks Words can go and check and see if it was in his store this week. I'm pretty sure it came out this week. Invader Zim, Dookie Loop Horror One-Shot. Uh, my son was watching a lot of um, uh, water slides. And I'm sure the Dookie Loop was one of those. And it probably was a horror. Also, Maria Lovett's Porcelain, or Porcelain, number one, arrives next week. Pizza and Taco, the young adult graphic novel, volume three, super awesome comics, arrives. As does Snelson, number one. <laughs> That's the name of it. Uh, you'll have to go over to Major Spoilers and check out the preview of that. It's a, it's a very adult comic. So just be aware of that. Uh, from DC Comics next week, we have American Vampire, 1976, number 10. We have Crime Syndicate, number six, Crush and Lobo, number three, uh, The Joker Presents, number five, and Suicide Squad, number six. Hmm. Maybe just in time for Squad. a particular movie. Hmm. So, again, head over to uh, patreon.com slash major spoilers, cast your vote, and then make sure that you connect your Patreon account to the Discord server so that you can come and hang out with all of the cool kids next week. We're going to have a little uh, conversation afterwards with uh, with everybody. We have a pre-show. We have a post-show. You get to hang out, ask questions, interact with us, a whole bunch more. 
find out more, patreon.com slash major spoilers. And we will be back next week when you will get to hear Matthew say, you know, I was the class clown in Catholic school, but it never stopped. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.